fairy tales, children's stories about magical and imaginary beings and lands, often the first lens we give young minds to view the world they live in. Many assume these are fictional stories to be taken lightly, but what if there is more to them? This is a podcast where we'll tell you some myths and tales that you thought you knew, and we'll show you how they are connected to real-life crimes today. This is Scary Tales, where the stories of your childhood meet real-life horror. We'll discuss how the light and happy tales of youth actually have a darker history to them. We'll also discuss true crime today and some of the eerie connections they have to the myths and legends of yesterday. Tune in for a new tale every other Tuesday. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere you stream your podcasts. Mr. Sandman. I, I, I have had that song stuck in my head. I'm terrified of the Sandman, and that's why it's Halloween, and we're going to talk about the Sandman today. We're going to talk about scary things, although if if your only knowledge of the Sandman is that song, then it sounds cute and sweet. Right, but unfortunately, it's not the only knowledge in my brain. Isn't there? Let me look it up. Isn't there a horror movie called Called The Sandman? Probably, and if not, there should be. Let's see. Uh, The Sandman Horror movie yeah uh last night we had chase's birthday and it was a uh, horror man or not horror man horror man <laughs> themed horror movie themed horror the sandman 1995 which mm-hmm. means it's phenomenal right great filming need to watch that oh there was also the sandman 2017 Ooh. We so watch we both. got yeah we got some homework to do. do a movie comparison to movie review um i have a feeling they're not based off of that cute little song we were just singing no so we're talking about the Sandman today, in mm-hmm. case you didn't catch on. Um, so you know when you sleep and you wake up in the morning, you've got those crusty eyes. Old crusty crust. Yeah, old crusty eyes. So that is a substance called room, mm-hmm. and it's just a discharge that comes out of your eyes and dries up while you're asleep. So you got, nice. um, I call them like, you've got like, just like, I say you have sleep in your eyes. You, I've heard people call it sleep. That's weird. I call them crusties. Oh, I've called it sleep. Like so i got sleep in my eyes. It's very common that patients just have room build up all over their eyes i'm like come on let's get your crusties but i might start saying sleeps (laughs) let's get the sleep out of your eyes Mm -hmm. so it's nothing it's nothing bad right like medically Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean anything bad no no everybody's got a little crust but if you were a child living in central or northern europe a couple centuries ago your parents probably would have told you that the sandman had been to visit your bedside and sprinkled his magic sleepy dust in your eyes which would give you vivid dreams or sometimes vivid nightmares. Sprinkling sand in people's eyes sounds dangerous. But yeah, that's it, it sounds painful. Mm-hmm. When but you next, come back from the beach and you just randomly, like, you think your mouth is clean, and then, like, a week later, you, like, just chew on a random piece of sand yeah. that was in your mouth. And next time your patients wake up with that, you can say, let's get the magic sleepy dust out of your eyes. Mm-hmm. Say the same. Oh, the old Sandman's sand been to visit sand you. Sandman's been here. That would not go over well with the psych patients. <laughs> they, yeah, <laughs> they probably would eat, yeah. eat this up. So obviously, you you know, there's a little bit about your sleep. You may be familiar with the Sandman, maybe not from visiting your bedside, but maybe you've heard of him from music or film. <laughs> there's the 1950s classic song "Mr. Sandman" by the Cordettes, which is a sweet, cute little song, right? Mm-hmm. The chorus goes, "Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream, make him the cutest thing that I've ever seen." Cute. It's a sweet little like love love song. Mm-hmm. Then. There's Metallica, who came out with a darker version in 1991 called Enter Sandman. Mm -hmm. You might have heard of it. You might have heard this one. I'm not going to try to 
yeah sing it for you but uh some of the lyrics keep your keep you free from sin till the sandman he comes sleep when sleep with one eye open yeah. mm-hmm. gripping your pillow tight that one is not as nice no that one's not as nice mm-hmm. um so depending i on wonder which... if anybody's done a mashup of the bum 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 button and then the yeah that that we'll get would be on phenomenal. it we'll get chase to get on it chase could chase could absolutely do that mm-hmm so you've got music, you've got movies, uh, then which we just talked about the different movie versions, mm-hmm. and then of course you've got comic books. Yep. Marvel has a Sandman, mm-hmm. which means DC Comics has a Sandman. Yeah, but they're different. But they're different. Yeah. Uh, his first appearance in text was in 18th century German dictionaries, which briefly described the German idiom "Der Sandman kommt," which means Sandman is coming. Oof. Which was a phrase frequently used to tease sleepy-looking children. So, der Sandman comes. Gotta go to sleep. Sandman's yeah. coming. The first actual story, so that was just like an idiom or like mm-hmm. a, a phrase, but the first actual story about the Sandman was published in 1818 by German writer E.T.A. Hoffman and was titled Der Sandman. Der. Der Sandman. Unlike other origin stories that we have told on this podcast, this one is not for children. Mm-mm. I don't think it was like made up to be like, this is for children. It's no. Just... No, I did get kind of like, I guess somehow tied to like trying to get kids to go to sleep. Although uh-huh. I don't, this is like not a lullaby. No, not at all. So Der Sandman is about a man named Nathaniel whose obsession with with the mythical being mm-hmm. as a child Nathaniel's nanny told him of a creature who throws sand in the eyes of little children who won't go to sleep, causing their eyes to fall out of the sockets. Yep. So if you don't go to sleep, your eyeballs fall out. The Sandman would then come and collect the eyeballs in a sack and carry them to his home on the dark side of the moon where he feeds them to his children. Yes. (laughs) Very dark Yes. Santa Claus-ish. Yeah. Not I, a I bag full of toys, like a bag full of eyeballs. I was thinking that earlier, Sandman even kind of sounds like Santa. Mm-hmm. Although Nathaniel's mother denies Sandman's existence, Nathaniel believes the noise that he hears at night in their family home is the Sandman. So he hides in his father's room after bedtime one evening, hoping to discover the identity of the person or thing that is thudding around upstairs. But he finds out it is only a family acquaintance, a lawyer named Copelius. Copelius. Upon this discovery, uh, Nathaniel said, When I saw this Copelius, the frightful and terrific thought took possession of my soul, that indeed no one but he could be the Sandman. He was a hideous spectral monster who brought with him grief, misery, and destruction, temporal and eternal, wherever he appeared. You hate to just be a regular guy and a child describe you as right as such. Right. You got a you got a bad view in this kid's eyes. Mm-hmm. He then goes on to tell how Capellius found him hiding, threatened to take out his eyeballs. Yep. But after Nathan, Nathaniel's father protests this, he pulls on Nathaniel's limbs instead of his eyeballs. Would you rather keep your limb or your eyeball? Uh, Depends oh. on what limb it is, I guess. I guess. I guess. So at this point, Nathaniel wakes up, and the reader is left wondering if it was all a dream. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> That's like the, the interlude song. Mm-hmm. Later in a letter, Nathaniel's fiance Clara, 
reassures Nathaniel that, quote, all the terrible things of which you speak occurred merely in your own mind and had little to do with the actual external world, end quote. She's like, that's all in your head. She's trying to be a voice of reason here. However, Nathaniel reports that Capellius eventually returned and his father died mysteriously after, and then Capellius vanished. Yeah, so not a good sign. Not a He's good probably point. getting his bag full of eyeballs. Timing was too interesting. Later on, Nathaniel meets an ops, opti, help me, optician, optician, which interesting because eyeballs, Cause they, they tied yep. that in. Mm-hmm. I, was to, I was trying to say optician. That yeah. wasn't right. An optician named Giuseppe Coppola, mm-hmm. who he believes is Capellius, until Clara and her brother Thora convince him otherwise. In the meantime, back at university, Nathaniel meets his professor, Spallanzi, mm-hmm. Spallanzani, Spallanzani's daughter, Olympia, and falls madly in love with her. So plot twist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Olympia is actually an automaton whom Nathaniel believes is real until he sees her fall apart when Spallanzani Spelanzani yeah. yep. and Coppola fight over here, fight over her. Nathaniel is then reunited with Clara. But while upon but while up on a balcony, he looks through a telescope and startled with what or who he sees, he tries to throw her off. Clara's having a hard time. She I gets mean, left for an automaton. <laughs> then she almost gets thrown off the balcony. Mm-hmm. Clara's brother saves her life, but then Coppola appears and Nathaniel jumps off and kills himself instead. Mm. The Sandman then ends with a hasty line about Clara living happily ever after which is a strange nod to a fairy tale ending after a quite horror-filled story. Mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of have it all. You've got a lawyer. Mm-hmm. You've got eyeballs getting ripped out of your head. You've got the I mysterious like, death of yeah, father. Yeah, and it seemed like they were going with one theme, and I feel like... And then they he, threw in the autumn. Uh, yeah, autumn and he was like, let's do a little science fiction Let's in add there. some sci-fi, yeah. and then the person you think is the hero of the story ends up killing himself, mm-hmm. and then Clara lives happily ever after. Yeah, it's a good one. Then, in 1841, Hans Christian Andersen wrote his version of the tale, which was called Ole Ole Luke. Don't Luka. worry, I got you. We, we've I got you. We've looked up a lot of different ways to pronounce this. Mm-hmm. It looks like Ole Lukojo. Ole Lukoe. Oh, wait, wait, one more time. Ole Lukoe. That's ole, how you say it. Ole Lukoe. Ole Lukoe. So Ole is a common <laughs> Danish. Ole. Ole. Yeah, just call him Ole. It's I good. Mean, it, uh, we've gotten the like Spanish pronunciation mm-hmm. of it. I I took Spanish in high school, and so if I ever try to pronounce anything, it always comes out with a Spanish twist. Yeah. If there's anything not English, I it comes out with a Spanish mm-hmm. twist. So Ole is a common Danish name, and Luqua, I guess, is a compound of the Danish words meaning closed and eyes. Lots of eyes in the story. Lots of eyes. So in Anderson's version of this, Ole Lokwa is a mythical being who is said to make children sleepy. He especially awards good children by giving them pleasant dreams. So Ole Lokwa visits a boy named Hjalmar. Mm, I'm going to say that Hjalmar. the J is... Yeah. You think that... I think the H is silent. Yeah. Hjalmar. Mm-hmm. Or Halmar. Halmar. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. So on... He's, con- he's visited on seven consecutive nights and he is given dreams mm-hmm. after they've gone to bed ole loqua quietly goes up to children's bedrooms and he casts dust into their eyes 
The children find it impossible to open their eyes after he has done that. And then after the children eventually go to sleep, he places one of his two umbrellas over their heads. Mm -hmm. The inside of one umbrella is decorated with pretty pictures. It's placed over the heads of the well-behaved children who are therefore rewarded with good dreams. The inside of the other umbrella is black, and it is placed over the heads of the naughty children as a punishment. And those children have no dreams at all. That would be a great Halloween costume. I was literally just thinking that. Nobody would know who you were. Nobody would understand. You're just walking around with like one person has is dressed in all black, maybe mm-hmm. wearing a black with the black umbrella and just like black streamers. Mm-hmm. And the other person has like a white umbrella with a bunch of like Yeah. Pretty stuff. Puppies and rainbows yeah. and sunshine. You heard it here first. I wanna see it's you good. all dressed up it's as a good idea. Ole La Croix. So what, how do we say we want to say this guy's Halmar. Halmar goes on to have many dreamland adventures, including meeting princesses, sailing, and attending the wedding of two mice. Those are the pictures you put. Yeah. A picture of a princess, a picture of a sailboat, a picture of two mice. There you go. People are like, what? Coming who, to a Halloween party near you. Who are you? <laughs> when Ole Lokwa arrives on Friday night, he tells Helmar that many adults have difficulty sleeping, especially those who have done bad deeds. Which that actually like makes sense. It's hard to sleep yeah. if you've got, got a guilty conscience. Yeah. So Ole Lokwa says that at night, those wicked deeds take the form of goblins, which stop people from st- sleeping by staring at them and splashing them with warm water. Which I don't know. That I feel be, like that could be tied to you wetting the bed. Or, or like sweating, like if you're, you've got yeah. like a nervous sweat. Yeah. The, to end the story, Ole Lokwa introduces Halmar to his brother, Death. Death is wearing a black soldier's uniform trimmed with silver uh, and a long black cape. Another now you Yeah, now you got a trio costume. Oh, my goodness. Unlike Ole Lokwa, Death visits people only once in their lifetimes. Death visits people twice. Sometimes people have NDEs, near-death experiences, near-death experience. and then they die later on. So Death also differs from Ole Lokwa in that... He only knows he knows only two stories, an incredibly beautiful one and an unbelievably frightening one. Death asks all the people that he visits to show him their quote books of merit. If their books of merit have comments such as very good written in them, the people get to ride at the front of Death's horse and listen to a beautiful story. If their books of merit have only comments such as tolerably good written in them, then people are forced to ride at the back of his horse and listen to the horrifying story. Honestly, that sounds more fun. All, we all know the <laughs> roller coaster, the last seat is the best seat. Getting hardcore whiplash. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, this sounds like the naughty and nice list. Mm-hmm. Yep. Halmar says that he does not that he does not find death very frightening. He he's not scared. And Ole Loqua says that Halmar has no reason to be scared of death, provided that the boy can make sure that only good comments are written in his book of merit. It's harder than it sounds. See, I also love that. I mean, you, you just like get a big notebook and you write Book of Merit on the front. Mm-hmm. And you just like walk around and take notes on people. I also like that it's tolerably good. Right. That gets that, you in trouble. Right. Not horribly hard. bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, tolerably good. You're, you're we all still right in the back. Because I'm probably only tolerably good. You're, yeah. You're still right in the back. Mm-hmm. You're getting the horror story. Then fast forward a little bit to 1989. Neil Gaiman, who's one of my favorite authors, wrote the comic The Sandman which was then published into DC Comics, mm-hmm. titled The Sandman. So this tells a story of 
Dream, who is the personification of all dreams and stories. He can make himself look pretty much like anything, but for the most part, he appears as a pale, kind of mopey guy with dark eyes and a shaggy head of hair. There's that new show, and I think it's Netflix, and Chase has been watching it, mm-hmm. and it's about this. Yeah, which that's kind of how I picture. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. how I would picture. Kind of look, kind of looks a little sleepy, a little pale because mm-hmm. of nighttime. So this, this story begins in 1916 when Dream is captured and imprisoned by a group of black magic occultists. In 1988, the year Gaiman began working on the series, Dream escapes and spends the remaining issues trying to regain control of the world of dreaming and the powers that he once possessed. Then once this, that story is resolved, the Sandman leaps around in space and time and follows Dream as he travels around fulfilling his job, which is overseeing and influencing in the dreaming and storytelling. Yeah. And the um, show to Chase, watch. Chase is watching, his name's Morpheus, which Morpheus is the god of dreams, right? I think so. We need to do a whole oh, yeah. episode on dreaming and Morpheus. Yeah. Because there's all sorts of, um, like, all the interpretations of your dreams and what they mean. Mm-hmm. I want to write a book one day that has to do with dreams. I, yeah, you need to get on it. It's been, like I've lucid, been waiting. Lucid dreaming and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah. So if strong-armed child, if strong-arming children into settling down to sleep isn't why the parents and nurses of old would tell these cautionary bedtime stories, then maybe it's because they wanted to prepare their little ones for life's hardships. Mm-hmm. So, Doctor Maria Tatar Tater 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 Doctor Maria. A professor of German studies, folk, folklore, and children's literature at Harvard University. So she's got she's got some status. We there. believe what she says. We, yeah, we listen to her. She says, "quote The unusual thing about the Sandman is he is a lot bigger than you are. There's no defeating him." She goes on to say, "You can't face him down like you can the villains in fairy tales. There's no happily ever after except falling asleep and giving in. He can't be beheaded." or trapped, or tricked like other villains. Yeah, because he only comes when you're sleeping. Yeah. You're and, sleeping, and you can't catch him. And everybody sleeps, so it's kind of this, like, just ever-revolving... Here's an idea. Do you, does he come and visit you if you have a dream catcher? So, I don't see that, and that goes back to, like, a bunch of Native American... Yeah. And like, folklore sh- and mythology. Just a whole episode on dreams coming to yeah. a scary tales near you. Yeah. We'll get to it. Yeah. Well, we that's Mr. Sandman. Mr. Sandman. And uh, now we're going to have a spooky set. I'm just trying to do the mashup. we got to get Chase in here to... Au la croix. Au la croix. Boom, 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 Just whipping it. Just a whipping it. Uh, I do love that umbrella idea for a costume, though. Yeah. You know what I love? Snack Snacks. break. Snack break. I it's was walking through snack. Walmart, and I was so excited because Hostess has themed their classics with uh, spooky themes. And to be honest, this is just a ding-dong. Isn't that it, what that's called? It's a ding-dong. I think so. It, there's no, there's I'm, I'm predicting there's absolutely nothing different about the taste or flavors it's just a different name. It's called Scary Cakes. It's called Scary Cakes. And I thought it was called Scary Tales. I and got it very says, excited. filled with screen. It's with screen filling. Filling. And it's orange. But I don't, I can't tell you if I've ever had a ding dong. 
I don't think I have. Uh, I'm sure when I was really I'm little. I'm more of a little Debbie, not a hostess girl. You but know? hostess, you, you, you could win us over right now with you your could. flavors. You could. You want me to just tear half of this off? Yeah. She's kind of hard. Okay, that's not great. Not a great start. She smells delicious. Okay. What does she smell like? Chocolate. Okay. What's the difference between this and a Twinkie? Is the shape? Chocolate. The shape. Okay. Twinkie's just like a longer. One, two, three. Mm-hmm. That tastes like a Twinkie. Mm-hmm. But it's chocolate. Mm-hmm. Twinkie is vanilla. No. Yeah. Absolutely. That's delicious. Yeah. That does taste good. I should get a ding-dong more often. I got a couple ding-dongs. That does taste good. Mm. But there's nothing, but like, I don't know. I Maybe thought, if they made it, it like, like pumpkin, yeah, thing, like uh, pumpkin or carrot cake or something. Mm-hmm. But, but it's good. Yeah. It's not bad. I would eat, I would eat that if it was in my lunchbox. Mm-hmm. That's the new, um, scary cakes. Scary cakes. Don't worry. It, it might sound like it's seasonal and you can only get it this month, but just next month they'll have probably holiday cakes yeah. it's the same thing but it's just mm-hmm. gonna have ho, red ho, ice yeah red icing and it's called holiday cake cakes and it'll be the same you thing. you can get them there but go get you a scary cakes uh at a store near you and we'll be back with a eat, scary eat your, story eat your scary cakes while you listen to your scary stories there you go Welcome back. It's time for a scary story. A little bitty scary story. So instead of the Grim Reaper, yeah, Lacey's bringing us the Grim Sleeper. The, the story grim of the Grim Sleeper. Sleeper, serial killer guy. See what I did there? We love the we love the theme. Mm-hmm. That's one of my all time favorite pastimes. I know. As of now, is finding a themed. She is great at true crime. So I'm just going straight into it. In late November 1988, 30-year-old Anitra Washington was walking back to a friend's house when a black man in an orange Ford Pinto, which that just ages the story right there. You don't see those driving around much. But he pulls up next to Anitra and offers her a ride, which she refused, which you always should. Don't get in the car with a stranger. Never. But he continues to press her, and eventually he snaps and says, that's what's wrong with you black women. People can't be nice to you. Yikes. Whatever that means. At this point, Washington is just tired of being pestered, so she gets in the car. If I was being pestered, that would make me want to get in the car less. But, I was supposed to say the same thing. That would not make me want to get in the no. car. I don't want to be stuck in a car with you if you're right. bothering me. So she noticed the man immediately started driving in the opposite direction of her friend's house that he was supposed to be taking her to. And he explained that he had to swing by his uncle's house to pick up some money. But then once they're back, he's back in the car, almost immediately the man produces a small handgun, aims it at her chest, and fires. And so she is shot and she was only able to ask him why he shot her before she passes out. And he replied that she had disrespected him, which to that I say she did get in the car with you, bruh. That mean. Yeah. He then savagely raped her, and she's out of it and wakes up to a camera flash because he's taking a photo of her. So keep that in mind. This person likes to take photos. Yeah. And when he's done, he pushes her out of the car, leaving her to die. 
So miraculously, Washington was able to somehow crawl to her friend's house to call for help, and she was transported to a hospital where she described the man's appearance to a police sketch artist who produced a composite sketch of the attacker. And I think I read that they didn't release this sketch because it was too, they said it was too broad of a description and it probably didn't look anything like him, but Doctors extracted the bullet from Washington's chest, and ballistics revealed it came from the same gun seven other women had been shot and killed with in that area. And after the attack, the killer would go on a 14-year hiatus, which is why the news outlets gave him the moniker, The Grim Sleeper. Mm, But his real name was Lonnie Franklin Jr., and this wasn't the first time in his life he had been violent. I imagine not. So Lonnie was born on August 30th, 1952, and he was the second of three children. You know, you got to always watch out for that, the middle child. I know. He never graduated high school, but entered the army at 21 years old and was stationed in, I think, Stuttgart, Germany. Interesting. I wonder if while he was over in Germany, he heard of... Uh, uh, oh, only Lukowski. Oh. Yeah, San, Sander. Sander. Sandman. Der Sandman. Der Sandman comes. If he did, it didn't stop him. Yeah. So as you will see, the military did very little to discipline Lonnie. On April 17, 1974, Franklin and two other U.S. Army men kidnapped a 17-year-old girl who was walking to the train station at around 12.30 a.m. They asked for her for directions, then offered her a ride home. And the girl accepted, but upon getting in the car, one man held a knife to her throat, and Lonnie and the two men then took her to a remote location where she was brutally raped by each man, and one even took photographs of the attack. I imagine that's probably Lonnie. Yeah. That's the theme you're Mm going to see. The men then drove her home, but before she left the car, she had the idea to feign interest in the men and ask for one of their phone numbers, and the only one that obliged was Lonnie. And it's just crazy that at this point Lonnie thinks, yeah, you know what, we gang-raped her, but she wants my number. I'm good. I might have a shot with her. The girl informed the police of her attack, and on the instruction of the police, lured Lonnie Franklin to a train station. I'm sure she was like, hey, let's go on a date. Yeah. And he was like, okay. Okay. Because uh, that's where all great relationships start. At the train station. Mm-hmm. The police hid at the train station, and when she signaled that Franklin had arrived, they arrested him. And Franklin was tried and convicted of rape and kidnapping charges and was sentenced to 40 months in prison, 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 prison. but served less than a year. And on July 24th, 1975, he was finally given a general discharge from the U.S. Army. And I read that, and I don't know if this is accurate, I think the two other men got to stay in. And serve. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that they couldn't, like, quote-unquote, prove mm-hmm. that they were there. Also, I feel like that should probably not be a general discharge. I'm going to hope yeah, that it was, it was a dishonorable. Dis- no, it, was, it said general. Uh, you know, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that's not general. I would say that's dishonorable. That was tall. That wasn't even tolerably good. No. That was horribly bad. Horribly bad. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Lonnie eventually settles back in Los Angeles, where he becomes a sanitation worker And because of this, he was very familiar with the city's alleyways, dumpsters, landfills, all the perfect places to hide a body. Do you know that if you used to ask Siri where a good place to hide a body was, she would come up with, uh, like, um, landfill? Let me see. Hold on. Hey, Siri. I need a good place to hide a body. What? Again? Again? What do you think I'd be doing? (laughs) 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 You asked that? Hey, Siri, 
I need a place to hide a body. What? Again? L listen. That's weird. Okay, well, also, well, if the government's not already after me. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess Apple was like, yeah, this is we probably shouldn't be like, aiding and abetting. Yeah. So we'll just sure. like make right. a joke out of it. But it used to, because I heard that before online, you, if you ask that, it'll pull up. Yeah. That is terrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure one viral TikTok and Apple was like, yeah, we got we, we gotta we got to take that, that off. Yeah, nip that in the bud. During the 80s, there was a huge crack problem in... <laughs> that sounded weird. There was a huge problem with crack, cocaine, in the L.A. area. And finding dead bodies on the street was just a common occurrence. So much so that police would label these crime scenes as NIH, which stands for no human involvement. So they died at their own hands. Overdoses. Yeah, like we don't have to go investigate and find the murderer for this one. They, yeah. they died at their own hands. It is also said that Lonnie hated people who use crack cocaine because it reminded him of his first wife, who he married in 1983. Yeah, I mean, he can go out and rape people, but the if my woman does crack. Horrible. Yeah. They were married quickly, and Lonnie was. They married so quickly, quickly that Lonnie was unaware that she was a drug addict, and she used their money to pay for drugs. And he caught her cheating with several gangbangers. So they divorced just a year later. But Lonnie never let go of his hatred for the drug or the people who use it. So you will see that all of his Lonnie's victims, I think besides one person, are all black women. They are come from lower income families. Some of them are on drugs. That's his mo. So Lonnie moves out and buys his own home. And by all accounts, he came across as a very nice guy. He was well-liked by all the neighbors. Some of them even let him babysit their children. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. In 1985, a 21-year-old waitress named Deborah Jackson had gone missing. Her co-workers called the police the next day, worried about their friend. She never missed work. Her body was unfortunately found the next day, dumped in an alleyway, and she had been shot three times in the chest and raped. Then, just a year later, in 1986, Lonnie marries his second wife, Sylvia, and they had two children together. And Sylvia, by all accounts, was a very nice woman. She was very involved in church. So it's interesting the that the two collided and, like, yeah. well, I guess Lonnie was really able to, like, turn on. Fake it during yeah. the day. In 1987, an anonymous caller phones the police to tell them that they were looking out their window at an alleyway when a large truck drives by and dumps a body. The person in the truck, they also see them get out and dump a gas tank onto the body. And the police show up and find the body to be that of 23-year-old black woman, Barbara Ware. And she had also been shot in the chest and raped. So one thing I wanted to point out is that Richard, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, was also at his peak during this time. But the police knew that this wasn't him because he Richard only killed white women. And unfortunately, the media was only covering crimes against white women, which just made Lonnie even more cocky because he knew that he could kill these black women and that those crimes would be more or less swept under the rug. And if young black women living in South Central L.A. knew that they were targets of a serial killer, they would have been more cautious. But the media was not reporting. Yeah, yeah, they had no idea, which is a whole other Probably in a, of itself. And probably why he was able to have so many victims because nobody knew to like watch their back. Right. See, S-I-R-I, you know her? She po keeps popping up on the computer. That's what you hear. S-I-R-I. She's still wondering. <laughs> well, I didn't want her to pop up again. She's listening. 
So another body was found around this time, and it was 34-year-old Henrietta Wright's body, and it was found under a mattress and, again, dumped in an alleyway, and yeah. she had been shot in the chest. So very similar patterns. Yes. Alleyway, shot in the chest. Yep. Next, you have 26-year-olds Bernita Sparks and Mary Lowe. They, their bodies were discovered. Bernita actually had defensive wounds, so she had tried to fight him off, and she was found in a trash can. And Mary Lowe was walking home from Halloween or from the bar on Halloween and was kidnapped and killed. And then in 1988, the bodies of 22-year-old Larika Jefferson and 18-year-old Alicia Monique Alexander were found. So lots of bodies mm-hmm. popping up all over the city. At this time, this uh, coalition known as the Black Coalition Fighting Serial Killers, which I believe was mostly women, they kind of step up and start doing the job of the police because they see that the um, they're not being represented fairly in the media. So they start making flyers, getting out the word that there is indeed a serial killer and you need to watch out. At this time, they're discovering that all women had been shot with a 25 caliber handgun and the police start to realize that they have a serial killer on their hands. At this time, they gave him the name the Southside Slayer but DNA technology was in its infancy at the time, and so detectives had no way of tracking down the perpetrator. So he originally, you know, you're a serial killer when yeah, you side slayer. Two names, not Golly. just one. That reminds me of the, um, what's the SpongeBob? The hash slinging slasher. That's what I always think about. <laughs> the slash slinging, the, the, the slash slinging, the hash slinging slasher. <sighs> That's good. Yeah. So fast forward, or I guess I should say rewind to the beginning of the story with Anitra. Lonnie sees on the news that Anitra survived. And he's like, oh, crap. I thought I left her for dead. And so this is why he goes on a supposed 14-year-long hiatus. Which, that's a long time. Right. For someone who is so, like, addicted to killing. mm -hmm. Yeah. During that hiatus in 1992, Lonnie is not having a great year. His wife, Sylvia, leaves him, and she takes the kids and the house. And that same year, he also broke his arm on the job and had to go on disability. So 1992 was not looking up for old Lonnie boy. Then in March 2002, 15-year-old Princess Bertha Mew's body was found. And unfortunately, Princess had a horrible childhood. She was in the system until she was 15, and that's when she decided to run away and became a sex worker. And her foster family did report her as missing in December of 2001, but she wasn't found until a year later in 2002. They found her body. It had been hiding under a bunch of debris, but she had been killed in the same way. So he's back at it again. Same way, same gun. Mm -hmm. And it's at this time that the police renamed the Southside Slayer the Grim Sleeper. So, So there you go. There it is. Again, in July 2003, the body of 35-year-old Valerie McCorvey was discovered. Her body was found by a crossing guard in the middle of a crosswalk, so he's getting more bold. Mm-hmm. What's strange about Valerie is that she had been strangled, so he... Strangled I, and in a much more public spot. Yeah, than so I would, if I were the police, I bet this wasn't... They didn't immediately connect this to Lonnie, but later DNA evidence shows that it was him. Oh. The Grim Sleeper's 11th victim was taken in January 2007, the body of 25-year-old mother, Janicia Peters, was discovered nude and stuffed in a garbage bag in a deserted alleyway. Lonnie appeared to have returned back to his old ways and 
Peters had been shot with a 25 caliber handgun. But like I said, this is what, 2007 now? So DNA science had come a long way and the police were able to match the DNA from Genesia's crime scene to that of the other women. So they know that this is the same person. They ran the DNA to compare it to those in the system and they didn't get a match because up until this point, Lonnie did not have a criminal record, so he didn't he, match anyone in the system. He had nothing, and then all of a sudden he had uh, everything. Everything, yeah. In 2007, Bill Bratton, who was the L.A. police commissioner since the early 2000s, he finally set up a task force to solve these murders. And he received criticism for his handling of the case, as he never held a press conference or notified the public that Peter's murder, the one in 2007, was linked to the 10 others dating back to 1985. Oh, yeah, because that would make him look bad. If if it's like, hey, we've had 10 more of these. Yeah. So we could have probably prevented some of these along the way. Or that, like... The Grim Sleeper is back, or the Southside right. Slayer is back, and we've renamed him. Right. Be on the look, Bolo. Be on Bolo. the lookout. The police then, so- then decide that they don't need a perfect match because the killer might not be a felon, but maybe a family member of the killer is a felon. So they run the sample again and come back with a partial match to 17-year-old Christopher Franklin, which is Lonnie's son, and he was in prison for weapon and drug charges. So they're like, there you go. It was like I've 50% heard, match. I've heard of that happening a lot. Like all everybody everybody has been doing like the DNA mm-hmm. tests, and I've actually heard of like multiple stories of that happening yeah. where they're linked to like a crime somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Or you're, like a you, like, you just find out your, your husband, you married your husband and he's your third cousin or something <laughs> or that by the way chase and i both did 23 and me and that is not the case for us so i'm happy for that Glad even though everybody's like y'all could from- be, y'all look like you could be brother and sister kind of like you and david yep to collect dna from lonnie franklin the lapd followed him to a birthday party at a downtown restaurant one officer posed as a bus boy and collected a fork two cups napkins and a partially eaten slice of pizza they then extracted Franklin's DNA from these items, and it matched the DNA found on the bodies of the 10 murdered women. What do you know? Lonnie was finally arrested on July 10th, 2010, and during a search of his home, detectives find over a 1,000 oh. photos of unidentified women. I had forgotten just, about those photos. And it's yeah. not like five pictures of the same woman. It's like a picture per woman. It's like nuts. Many of the photos, the women were nude, some were beaten and bleeding, and some even appeared unconscious or dead. And within these photos, the Grim Sleeper's 10 known victims were among these photos. But like I said, all the the rest of the photos were just other girls that they had not even known the whereabouts of or knew that they were dead. They also found the 25 caliber gun. So it's not looking good for all all Lonnie. Yeah, that's right. Police also suspect Lonnie in the murder of 36-year-old Thomas Still, who was a friend of one of the victims. His body was discovered in August 1986, but there was no DNA at the crime scene to confirm Franklin's involvement. Well, so yeah, he killed I'm all sure, of these black women and then this one random guy. I'm sure that was like a, a situation gone wrong where somebody had a friend that came out of the house or something mm-hmm. and he just had to get he rid had of to the, silence them. Yeah, get rid, get of, the rid of the evidence or the like a witness. So these photos led authorities to believe that Franklin may not have been, quote, sleeping at Mm. all during his 14-year break and could actually be responsible for a much greater number of South Central LA's unsolved murders than originally thought. 
And the LAPD really didn't have a choice. They picked the least gruesome of the photos. Uh, they picked 180 of them and from the, the, the crime scene and released them to the public. So that in the hopes that family members, someone would come forward to identify these people. And unfortunately, not that many people came forward. So. Sad. In February 2016, Lonnie Franklin's trial began, and he continuously claimed he was innocent despite the mounds of evidence. Okay. Which is very okay. surprising. He sat in the courtroom listening to the victim's testimonies and was just not at all phased by this. He rolled his eyes at times, just was zero remorse. And on May 5th, 2016, the jury found Franklin guilty of all 10 counts of murder and one account of attempted murder. That was for the... Uh, Anitria. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On August 10th, 2016, Lonnie Franklin was sentenced to death for his crimes. But on March 28th, 2020, he actually, they found him dead in his prison cell at, uh, let's see, San Quentin State Prison. And he was just unresponsive. There were no signs of trauma. What is ironic or coincidental about that is that in 2019, so the year before, the governor of California had halted executions uh, for all 700-plus death row inmates for as long as he was governor. Hmm. So Lonnie would have heard this news and likely believed he had at least temporarily escaped fatal punishment for his actions. But ultimately, he he got what he got interesting yeah maybe he's just sitting under that bad umbrella for the rest scary yep. umbrella for the rest of his life yep. he's got that black umbrella hanging yeah, over he's just head. hanging out with old death instead of holy le croix holy le croix weird yeah. what's what always scares me about these kinds of stories is like 2016 2019 2020 like it's just right that's up. like recent uh-huh. i mean yeah that is not that long ago he was out in dim streets doing his stuff a for a long time. time and i would say based off the thousand photos that it was likely yeah, that terrifying. he was not sleeping he was just not dumping the bodies in alleyways he was that's terrifying yeah. or i'm sure a lot of them if especially like if he was operating at the height of the like crack cocaine pandemic in mm-hmm. south la i'm sure he had plenty of victims that he could have just tossed out on the street and mm-hmm. the assumption was just nih nih yeah that also just wonder how many bodies are in landfills i don't like did they did is there a task force that like looks into that the land the landfill coalition of Mm -hmm. clean landfills yeah there you go let's start it up now i don't know well that's right we got one more episode coming to you during october we'll make it a spooky spooky one spooky month Mm -hmm. spooky month yeah i haven't even talked about her our joint Halloween costume last year. We were Gus Gus and that's right. Whatever the other mouse's name is. What is I know name? I always forget him. Um Jacques. Yeah. I know what I want to be for Halloween. I can't tell them. I'll tell you. But I am you very stressed about out about people? making the costume. Oh, okay. Last yeah. year you and Chase were Frankenstein and Frankenstein's bride, right? Mm-hmm. And then you and I were Gus Gus and Jacques. And mm-hmm. then I was uh Winnie the Pooh because I was yeah. massively pregnant yeah um i mean i know what our costume is going to be now uh, yeah, there's same. only one hope there's only one yeah. there's only one, one hope, option and one option is there's what only i mean. one option it's yeah. going to be perfect i yeah. love it and we just carry a boom box around that goes we need a spooky version of that like a like a That's what I'm that saying. song but on like the minor keys yeah well, way to go minor keys or Chase, just that's the version Chase, of the mashup between me? that and yeah. Enter Sandman. Yep. Chase, we, we need you to get to on that. Do a miracle for us. All righty. Well, 
until next time you can follow us on scary tales podcast on instagram we'll post pictures and stuff we have a link tree there i don't know it has some scary it has some halloweenish merch That's you true. can get get you a sweatshirt with a big That's old true. poison apple on it scary tales That's true and we will catch you next time uh, bye bye